Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Well, listen, I don't know about you all, but I have really enjoyed this, uh, this series that uh, Pastor Jan's been doing on Galatians. Uh, um, and I, I'm... Um, you know, it, it's interesting when you, when you look at Galatians, we're in, we're in chapter 5. Last week, uh, Pastor Jim covered verses 1 through 6. But it, it's just, uh, uh, you know, when I look at that and, 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 and as we read it, we can see the, see the heart of Paul being, being broken over what's happening to the, to the Christians in Galatia. Uh, you know, in, in, in verse 6 of chapter 1, Paul makes this statement. He says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of, of Christ for a different gospel. You know, having, having been freed from, the, from, <clears throat> from slavery of the law uh, under Paul's initial visit, why would they want to... to to lose this freedom and go back under the law. Um, and Paul answers the question in chapter 5 in, in three ways. First, he, he implores, um, first he implores them to, um, I've lost my place here, excuse me. <laughs> the first thing he does is, is what we just read there. He implores them to stand firm, to stand firm and, and in, in, in what they had or what they received from Christ. Uh, and then in, 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 in verses, uh, in the rest of that first section, 1 through 6 and on through verse 12, he lists, he, he lists six negative consequences of returning to the law. Uh, and then finally in verse, uh, in, beginning in verse 13, uh, he introduces... Uh, one of the, what I think is one of the most tremendous sections in Scripture when he talks about the Spirit-filled life and the power to overcome sin, to overcome evil. Um, so I want to, let's look quickly at these negative effects of returning to the law that, that the Galatians were, were being coerced and, and manipulate into, manipulated into accepting. You know, one of the first consequences that Paul gives in verse 2 to those who return to the law is, is because it invalidates Christ's work on the cross. For Christ will be of no benefit to you, uh, Paul says. And, you know, by, by submitting to circumcision as they were being uh, told they needed to do, uh, they, they, were, they were demonstrated that they didn't fully understand Christ or didn't fully trust him. Instead, they added their own works uh, to what Christ had done. And, and this kind of invalidating the sufficiency of Christ in their life. And what a, what a dangerous place to be. Um, you know, the second negative consequence we see in verse 3 uh, is that they're returning to, to an obligation. Uh, verse 3 says that the believer turning to the law, makes, uh, it makes them a debtor to the law. You know, not only were they being required to 
submit to circumcision, but to, but to live under the whole law. Um, and the third negative consequence we see in verse 4 um, of returning to the law is that it removes a person from the sphere of grace. You know, anyone seeking justifi justification by law has, has severed or separated themselves from Christ. Um, and that's such a, uh, and, you know, Pastor Jim talked about that last week, how the, the severity of that, 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 the whole idea of being severed, um, separated, you know, from, from, from our Lord and Savior. You know, in, in the next section, verses 7 through 12, uh, continues this same train of thought. And let's, let's take a look at that right quick, beginning with verse 7. Um, it says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persu persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who were troubling you would even mutilate themselves." You know, there's some strong language there by the Apostle Paul, isn't it? Uh, you know, in verse 7, he says, You were running so well, uh, who hindered you from obeying the truth? And, you know, they, they had begun their race well, but someone had, had hindered or, or cut in on them. You know, Paul uses this uh, illustration of, of, uh, of, the, of the Christian life being a race uh, many times, and and you know, in a race, there's there's we're, they're running on an oval usually, and there's lanes marked out, and and he's saying, who's hindered you? Who's cut into your lane, and and caused you to break break stride and go in a different direction? Um, you know, the result was, here was that the believers were no longer obeying the truth. You know, they they were attempting to complete the race uh, by legalistic self effort rather than by faith in Christ. Um, you know, in, in a race, each, each runner is, is, is assigned a lane. But, but some runners, uh, and this still happens, you know, would, would cut into another runner's lane and, and cause him to, to, to break out of his lane or to slow down, if nothing else. Uh, and, and in this instant here, it's representing a spiritual detour, uh, you know, it was not God who did this because he had called him to run faithfully uh, in, in this lane called grace. And Paul has so eloquently laid, laid that out uh, uh, in, in this letter. Uh, and, but this leads us to the fourth negative consequence of returning to the law. And we see this in, in verse 7. And, and that consequence is that it deters or detours or, or hinders us from from spiritual growth and development. Uh, and you know, that, that brings to mind that any time we try to add to or, or take away from the gospel message, we're, we're rendering Christ's work in our life as, as insufficient. And, and it deters, deters us from running the race well 
and obeying the truth. You know, we have to, we have to always beware of those who, who, who try to make us change direction. And, and, and what Paul is writing here to the Galatians is so applicable to us today because there's people out there trying to change uh, the message of the gospel, trying to get you to see, uh, to add something to it, or, or saying that you need to do this or that uh, in addition to, to what the Word says. Uh, but, you know, we, we can't let anything deter us. We have to stay focused on, on the message. We can never try to add to or take away from the gospel of Christ. Uh, we have to run faithfully. Uh, you know, Paul also uses an illustration here of, of leaven, and it paints a really good picture of sin. Uh, you know, leaven, even in a small amount, uh, left alone grows and, and permeates the, the whole. And the false doctrine of the Juda Judaizers uh, was introduced to the Galatian churches in a small way. In a small way. But before long, this leaven grew and, and eventually took over. You know, the cross marked the, marked the end of the law system and rendered circumcision and obedience to the, to the Mosaic law unnecessary. And th that leads us to the, to the, to the fifth consequence uh, of returning to the law here. When one retreats to legalism, he, he's, he is, re is removing the offense of the cross. Uh, you know, the Bible says that the cross is, is a, a stumbling block or gives offense because it proclaims God's unmerited grace. Um, leaving no place for people's good works. Uh, and the sixth and final consequence of returning to the law, and perhaps the most frightening, is that it cuts us off from God's grace. We're cut off from God's grace. You know, the, the spiritual damage caused by this legalistic teaching regarding circumcision in the law was so serious that Paul... Uh, uses some pretty strong, sarcastic language here in, 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 uh, in verse 12, uh, where he says, I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. In other words, what he's saying is that, you know, he wishes they would castrate themselves or cut themselves off um, because, you know, he sees how, how influential they become uh, in the... In the Christian community of Galatia there. Um, I'm trying real hard not to get, get long-winded today. Um, and it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> the next section, uh, beginning with verse 13 and, and 13 through 18, let's take a quick look at that. It says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh." 
For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You know, and, and, and it, it, in, the, in those verses, Paul is, is leading us into a discussion of walking in the spirit and how important that is. Uh, um, And, and I, I'm going to just move right into that, I think. Uh, um, you know, there's some, you know, in, in verse 13 there, he's, he's stressing the, the importance of, of, uh, uh, of, of adherence to the, to, to the message, of, of, uh, of not giving up their freedom that, that Christ uh, has bought for them. And he's he's talking about that that really the the um, what 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 he's stressing here is that they need to uh, fulfill what Christ said about loving one another, uh, where it says there uh, the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and that's such a that's a small statement with such a broad meaning there. That we, I think, we oftentimes uh, overlook the, the 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 implication of that, the power in that in that statement. That as Christians, we're not living for ourselves; we're living uh, for one another. Uh, anything I do or, or say uh, um, is going to affect somebody, and so we have to be careful what we. What we what we say, how we carry ourselves, how we live out our life, uh, and that's why I think you know Pastor Jim has stressed so much about our life being a, a sacrifice of praise. You know, it, we're we're not Christians just when we're here on Sundays or Wednesdays. It's when we go to work on Monday morning or or go to the ball field in the evening or to the gym. Uh, you know, we, we're still we're carrying the message of Christ. Uh, in, by the way we carry ourselves, and that's a that's a such a it's almost scary a little bit, but it's such a powerful thing to to realize that that that's what we've been asked to do. Um, you know, being a Christian isn't just about uh, your your personal relationship with Christ. It, it, it you know that's essential, but as we walk out this Christian life, we're we're, we're influencing and, and proclaiming the message wherever we go. People should be able to look at us and, and, and know that there's something different. Uh, you shouldn't have to... Sometimes we shouldn't have to tell somebody we're a Christian. They should be able to see that. Um, and, you know, have I mastered that? No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm reminded of what Paul said in... in uh, and I'm getting way off track here. In, in chapter 2, verse 20, uh, a very familiar passage. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, that's a, that's a powerful statement, and we, we blow by that sometime. I mean, we all 
think it sounds good. Uh, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, but how many of us actually can honestly say that? You know, that, that we live like that. You know, I, I can't. That, that, that's what we strive for. Uh, but that's, that's the point I was trying to make earlier, that when we, when we get to that point, the more we try to be, try to be Christ-like, the more we sacrifice ourselves, the more we crucify ourselves, and Christ begins to live in us. Uh, you know, that, that's, that, that's so impactful. Um, let me get back to where I'm supposed to be here. Um, but anyway, in, in beginning in verse 19 um, th- through verse 26, Paul begins to talk about what it means to, uh, to walk in the Spirit. The, uh, we, we see the peril of victory over sin, meaning that Christians may fall into sin and, and, the, and, the, and the sin that the sinful nature produces. Uh, you know, that's going to happen if we're not living by the Spirit. Let me read those verses right quick, beginning with verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. You know, what a beautiful passage that is, and what a passage to live by. Uh, you know, in verses 22 through 23, Paul provides the, the, the power for victory over sin. In contrast to the, to the acts of the flesh, in the previous verses. You know, those who are obedient to the Holy Spirit produce a a beautiful, nourishing uh, spiritual fruit. Uh, And it's important for us to notice that that in this passage, uh, it's called the the, the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of self-effort. And sometimes I think we we can get confused there. You know, the fruit fruit of the Spirit produces... um, in the life of a faithful Christian. Uh, and it's only the Holy Spirit that can produce that fruit. And it's interesting that, uh, that, that in the Bible, it's, it's, that word fruit is singular, you know, implying that, that all those things, uh, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. That's that's all one. That's all one thing that we should be we should be exhibiting in our life, um, you know, we don't just pick out one or two and say I've, I've got it. We're supposed to have all those things. 
Um, you know, the struggle between our flesh and our new nature is real, yet there's, there's more truth uh, to help us with this battle. And, and, and Paul explains that, that those who know Jesus Christ do not have to respond to the flesh because they've crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Uh, um, and of course, this crucifixion represents our, our identification with the, with the death and, and burial and resurrection of our Lord. Uh, you know, when Christ died, our, our flesh was judged, but this doesn't mean that our propensity to sin has been eradicated or, or rendered uh, inoperative. It's still there. It's alive and well. Uh, and we must understand that our old nature has died with Christ, and that is, as people, we have an increasing power to resist sin. Um, but like I said, that even though we've come to Christ, that, that sin nature still is still with us. And, and, and we, have to, we have to work progressively to eradicate that. Um, you know, going back to what Paul said about the, the leaven earlier, you know, we have to be mindful to recognize uh, if, if there's a sin in our life. If we, if we neglect it, if we ignore it, uh, we think it's no big deal, um, you know, pretty soon that's going to blossom. You know, um, but we have, to, we have to keep in step with, with, by following the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance. Uh, you know, Paul challenges the Galatians to live a life of harmony, uh, saying that, that, that legalism, uh, see, you know, legalism itself sees no need for the Spirit, for the Spirit's help, and thinks it has accomplished salvation uh, apart from the Spirit. And, and that, that'll never happen. Um, you know, the negative traits in verse 26 uh, point to the divisions in the church caused by the legalists. Uh, you know, they were, uh, in verse 26, uh, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And that's what happens when we, um, you know, when we, we, we turn away from, from grace and into, into legalism. We turn a, away from reliance on Christ and, and, and begin to rely on ourselves. We, we begin to live for ourselves and not for others. That's always going to create division, tension uh, in, a, in a community, in a church. Uh, and, and we see that way too often. Um, but the answer to such disharmony is love empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, you know, think about this. When you fight for what you think you deserve or, or for what you think you want, uh, you're, you're not looking at anyone other than yourself. Um, you know, when you look and, be, and you lose sight of what God wants and what God desires for you. Uh, and when you, when you lose sight of what God wants, you, you really lose sight of, of loving others. Um, you know, freedom from the law is not, is not freedom to live for yourself. Um, 
You know, we've been, we've been freed from the bondage of the law to live as, as, as servants of Christ. Uh, and to live as a servant of Christ, we must live by the Spirit uh, and not by the flesh. You know, freedom from the law always means you live by the Spirit. You know, living by the Spirit is a, and listen to this, is a learned behavior. Living by the flesh is, is a natural behavior. You know, fundamentally, I think that, that this is so important that, that living by the, by the Spirit is, is synonymous with, with living according to the Word. Um, you know, God inspired and, and wrote the Bible through the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit authored the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, therefore, we walk by, therefore by, to walk by the Spirit is always to walk According to what? According to the Word. Um, but it's more than that. There, there's a need for, for us as Christians to grow in our discernment uh, of what comes from the Holy Spirit and what comes from, from, the, from our flesh, the world or the devil. First um, John 4, 1 through 3 says, Beloved, do not, be, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, by this, you, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you've heard that, that, it, that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. You know, it, it was... In the world then, it's certainly in the world now. Um, you know, we have to test, you know, what we, what, we, what we feel, what we think, what we hear, what we read. Uh, um, you know, the world and its, its ways are sinful. You know, the, the, the enemy's sinful. Everything the Spirit leads you to do will be from God and ultimately for, for, for the cause and, and the kingdom of Christ. You know, living by the Spirit and, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit means being used by the Lord. Um, you know, the, I'm skipping down here a little bit. The works of the flesh are, are obvious and, and inconsistent with the Spirit of God uh, that's in you. Walking in the flesh is the pursuit of personal gratification rather than the glory of, of God. Walking in the flesh divides the church. Uh, if, you're, if you're doing the work of God led by the Spirit, then, then it's going to bring unity. Um, if, you're, if you're being led by the flesh, it'll bring division and disunity. Walking in the flesh taints the testimony of the church. If you're walking in the flesh, then your lifestyle is... is it's a stain on, on the robe of the bride of Christ. Uh, what you do always impacts more than just your own life. Uh, what you do, how you live your life is a testimony of your faith in Christ and, and the goodness of God's grace. Walking by the Spirit requires crucifying your flesh daily. 
Verse 24 says, Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its, with its passions and desires. You know, and this isn't a one-time thing. You know, as long as you're in the flesh, then, then you must fight against the flesh. We're all going to do that. You know, you're never going to get so spiritual that you don't still have to be alert and fight the flesh. Um, Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know, denial and, and crucifying the desires of the flesh is part of the everyday life of a Christian, or it should be. Uh, you know, every Christian lives by the Spirit by crucifying the flesh. Uh, the Spirit is greater than the flesh, therefore uh, we, have to, we have to put it to death. Uh, um, and there's no day off from, from this spiritual battle. But know this, there's, there's also no day off for the Lord. You know, he's always with you, he's always watching you. Um, walking by the Spirit requires staying in step with the Spirit on a daily basis. Uh, verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Um, and like I said, walking by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, uh, following the Spirit requires us knowing the Word of God. Um, Colossians 3, beginning with verse 15, uh, Paul writes this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thank thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, the peace of Christ which reigns over your heart is the result of the word of Christ dwelling richly in you. Um, and, and, and really to know if the Spirit is leading you, you, must, you, you have to know the word of God. If you're not in the word, you're, you're not going to be able to walk in the Spirit uh, the way we're called to do. Um, and, and finally, walking by the Spirit results in building one another up. Uh, you, can't, you can't love God w without loving your neighbor. Um, and your neighbor is not just, uh, just the guy you hang out with or, or like. It's, 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 it's whoever's around you. That's your neighbor. You know, Jesus gave a, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and, uh, and w which so, so beautifully illustrates uh, that fact. Um, so walk in the Spirit. I, I'm going to uh, stop right there. Uh.